Welcome to Let's Talk Shop, a podcast filled with business stories and practical advice for the product-based entrepreneur. My name is Therese and I help small business owners grow their wholesale. I hope that the stories and advice shared on this podcast will inspire action and help you build your business. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 7. Hello, Happy New Year! I'm so happy to be back for another episode of Let's Talk Shop. I'm feeling so ready for 2020 and I have done a lot of planning over the holiday season. And before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about what's happening at the moment and what I got planned for the coming year. So first of all, I will continue to offer discovery calls. They are completely free. If you are thinking about working with me and you want some help with your wholesale, you can book your discovery call straight on my website or drop me an email or a DM and we can chat about it. This year I'm trying something new and each month will have a theme and I will be creating content around said theme. So for January, I'm kicking things off with talking about selling. There will be blog posts, there will be a live in my Facebook group, which is called Let's Talk Wholesale. It's completely free. And we have our first live on the 7th of January at 1.30. And I will be talking all about selling and your mindset for selling and all sorts of things. So if you want to kickstart the year and really push your wholesale, do come and join us. I also have lots of content planned for Instagram and IGTV and in my newsletter which will be going out on the 7th as well there will be a free download so that's something that we'll be repeating each month but with a different topic where there will be lots of blog posts lots of contents a free download and the free live in my Facebook group I hope that's going to be really valuable for you guys and also help you grow your wholesale. I also wanted to take a brief moment to tell you about my growth training program. It's called Fast Track to Wholesale and it will get you wholesaling in 12 weeks. I will teach you everything that you need to get started. We talk about your pricing, we talk about your margins, we do margin calculators, we'll talk about your catalogue, everything you need and of course we will talk a lot about selling and how we can find a way for you to sell your products into shops that feels comfortable for you. The whole reason and thought behind the group training program is that it is a fantastic way to stay accountable and so really give your wholesale focus and you know not letting it be one of those things that you say you're going to do but then never have time to do because you keep pushing it to the back of your to-do list. If you're interested you can save £100 if you enroll before the end of the 10th of January. All the details are on my website or on the show notes. Let me know if you have any questions or if you want to have a quick call about it. Today we are kickstarting the year with a brilliant episode where I'm talking to the make it happen mentor that is Josephine Brooks. I really admire how Josephine works with her clients to build a business that is going to support her clients lifestyle. She's also recognized that success is not the same to everyone and everyone has their own dreams and goals when it comes to building their dream business. I also think that Josephine is really passionate about helping others and about planning and 
organizing people and helping them cut out all that noise that you know we all experience so i think that you will take a lot away from this episode and i really hope that you enjoy it and go and have a look at what josephine does because she shares in the episode about her nurture and thrive community and enrollments are open for that now so all the links mentioned in the episode are of course in the show notes and before we get straight into the episode I just want to take a moment to say I would love to see where you're tuning in so if you're listening to this episode do pop over to Instagram and share where you are listening what you're up to what you're doing maybe share what your goals are for the year I love seeing where you're tuning in and what you think about the episode so thank you very much you can find me on instagram at small underscore business underscore collaborative and here's my chat with josephine hello josephine thank you so much for coming hi (laughs) thank you so much for coming on let's talk shop again not at all this is the second episode i have to (laughs) re-record technology gets us sometimes doesn't it uh yeah i'm also not the most technical person i I have to rely on whatever service i use to Mm -hmm. do stuff (laughs) i'm uh, very happy to have you here and thank you so much for taking the time no not at all it's lovely to be here would you like to start by introducing yourself and what you do sure no problem so i am josephine brooks and i'm a make it happen mentor basically that means that i help purpose-driven creatives find clarity um, because I think a lot of the challenges people are facing when they're growing a business is overwhelm. So I help them find clarity in the kind of lifestyle they want to live, but also the kind of business that they want to grow to support that lifestyle. And then the main thing I do is help people make a plan and make that plan a reality. Hence, um, a lot of my stuff is called make a plan, make it happen. And my mission really is just to help people do more of what they love and create a slower, more meaningful lifestyle to them. So a lot of that revolves around planning and getting really intentional about making that happen. But my philosophy is more about doing less and just focusing on the things that really matter and really make a positive impact rather than let's find more ways for you to be more efficient with your time. You can squeeze in an extra 10 minutes here because realistically that's kind of a one-way ticket to burnout and um, that's where the overwhelm kind of comes in as well. So yeah, it's all about doing less but just being really intentional on what you're focusing on. And is that something that you all, you know, always done? Where did where did this come from? You know, this uh, idea to help others with overwhelm and to kind of get organized and mm. make a plan. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's one of those strengths that you know when you have a strength, but you it comes so easily to you, you don't even realize it's anything that other people struggle with. And um, so it's something I've always loved doing. I've loved a spreadsheet. I've loved timing plans, schedules. Um, launch plans, all of that kind of stuff. And in my nine to five job, I um, had quite a few years ago now decided to retrain as a project manager. And I'd kind of had that realization there that I love working on projects and having an idea and making that happen. Um, But yeah, it took a few years for me to realize that's what I want to do in my own business. So yeah, it was quite funny that it took so much longer in my kind of 
business world to realize that than it did in my kind of career world. But yeah, it was one sort of New Year's Eve and I had a home decor business and I was just planning and doing the launch plans and deciding what products I want to launch and thinking about what my best sellers have been and doing charts and getting really geeky. And I realized, actually, this is what I really love doing. I love planning and I love projects. And yeah, I think it's always been there, but it took me a while to realize that that was a strength rather than, you know, something that everyone finds easy. Because even after that, I thought, but surely this is like the fun stuff. This is what everyone loves. And then I spoke to a few other people with creative businesses and they were like, no, this is what I really (laughs) struggle with. So, so yeah, it took a while to figure it out, but I think it's always been there. How did you make that transition in terms of, did you, are you still running your home business or like your home decor business? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I've had so many side hustles over the years. Um, And I think they've always been a creative outlet on the side of my nine to five because I've always had desk jobs before I left my nine to five they've always been desk jobs and just I wasn't really creatively fulfilled so I've had quite a few different side hustles it started as a a kind of DIY blog where I would share tutorials of how to make things and that kind of transitioned into sewing I've just particularly liked sewing and I was probably better at sewing than making lots of other stuff and I ended up creating a product-based business which was a home decor business but that was a real pivot really so that was sort of Christmas time 2017 when I had this sort of epiphany about I love planning and projects um, and that's when I decided to pivot so I pivoted just towards the end of 2017 but I mean you know in reality it takes quite a while to pivot a business so yeah, yeah I I pivoted it completely and sort of moved away from the home decor stuff because it's funny because I think with the home decor stuff I thought well here's something I can do and I can get paid with paid for whereas this business is I really love planning and finding ways to take a project that you're imagining and make it into a reality. I love that. How can I make a business out of it? It was kind of the opposite way around. And I'm just finding it, it's just really clicked for me because it is coming from that really, from that place that I wholeheartedly believe in. And I I genuinely am really, (laughs) it sounds super geeky, but I'm really passionate (laughs) about planning and productivity and making stuff happen. It doesn't sound geeky. I think it's great. I think we, (laughs) you know, all need a bit of help with that if it's not something that comes naturally to you or even sometimes Mm. it's something you can do for other people and help your friends and you know business friends Mm. with but you just can't do it for yourself sometimes yeah that help I think Um, yeah especially when you're so um, sorry when you're so emotionally involved with your own business it's really difficult to look at it objectively so Yeah. And it's really funny how many conversations I have with people and they say, so for example, I was having a conversation with someone last night and I was saying, so what do you really want to be known for? What's going to really light you up and what work you're going to enjoy? And she just kind of said out loud what she wanted to do. And she had all these different ideas. And she was like, it's really weird actually, because just talking it through and saying it out loud has made it all clear in my head. So sometimes you just need to talk it through with someone else who isn't so emotionally attached to your business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that in terms of planning and stuff and running your own business, there's some sort of old fashioned thing about that. um, You have to work all hours of the day and you have to, Mm. you know, basically do as much as 
you know, humanly possible mm. to to even have a chance of running a successful business. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I think that running a business still takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. But, you know, there is a reason why you want to run your own business and you have to remember mm. that reason sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's why I really focus on the whole thing around doing less and just focusing on what's most important because – I think a lot of the time when we think of productivity, we think of how can I save half an hour here? How can I batch my tasks together to be more efficient? How can I um, do six things at once? But it's just yeah. not realistic that we can do that. And also it's stressful and, <laughs> and overwhelming and it's just not sustainable. So yeah, I do really focus on on just doing less and just focusing on three projects at a time at the absolute most. And sometimes people just need to focus on one project and that really helps them stay focused. But this was something I learned. So before I took my business full time, I got signed off work for a little while with anxiety and depression. And I realized in that time that you know, I really scaled back everything I was doing in my business because I didn't want to be signed off work, but still be doing stuff on my business. So scaled everything back. And I realized that, you know, the sky didn't fall in, it kept ticking over because I was doing the bare minimum, I was just doing the most important impactful things. And that's kind of what really embedded that learning was that, you know, there's so much stuff we're doing in our businesses, which probably aren't really having enough of an impact for the time they're taking us. And if we can be brave enough to scale things right back and just focus on the things that are actually working, we can have just as much impact, if not more, by actually doing less and just being a bit more focused. But yeah, and that is scary when you first start yeah. thinking <laughs> Do you find that with your your clients and pe- the people that you work with that when you first say, oh, well, we're just going to focus on three things, then people go, what? Yeah, they hate it. I think we all (laughs) really struggle to let go of things. And do you know what's made it so much easier for me is getting really into decluttering my entire house. So actually, this happened at the same time when I was signed off work. I had all this time and I just had this real urge to declutter And I went through the whole house and decluttered everything. But then learning afterwards that I just felt so much better with less stuff. And I physically felt like I had more space and I had more mental space. And it's funny, but decluttering the physical stuff in my house has helped me see the positive impact of that. That's kind of helped me with decluttering stuff in my business. So, yeah, that's kind of, I think, what's helped me get better with it. But, yeah. A clients really hate it and I think we do we we don't like letting go of things because we feel like we have to do everything and we're constantly told that you need to be on Pinterest you need to have a um a mailing list you need to be on Instagram you need to be doing all of these things at once and particularly if you're building a business as a side hustle it's just not it's not possible but then when you start thinking actually I'm going to be brave and I'm going to just be on one social media channel or I'm actually going to stop blogging for a little bit so I've actually got the capacity to do the other stuff that's making more of an impact it is scary because we're constantly told we have to be doing these things so yeah it really is a case of taking baby steps and getting used to kind of experimenting with doing less stuff and seeing what the impact of that is and just kind of building your confidence with it I think but yeah it is it's the thing I come up against with the most resistance from people so yeah it's a kind of 
learning curve I think it's something you have to get used to and experiment with yeah and and when when you start working with people and when if someone wants to start getting a bit more intentional with their planning how do you even start making a plan so I have a three-step planning method that I've created to just kind of try and break down all of the steps and this is a planning method that I created when I had my last business and so I think first of all it's all about getting really focused and clear on what you want to focus on over the next few months so I always recommend making a 12-week plan rather than you know planning for an entire year because a with planning for a whole year you just you cannot predict what's going to be thrown at you over the course of a year that's one reason but also as human beings we're not very good at estimating how long things are going to take us <laughs> so when you plan mm. something for a year you can be really over ambitious and then you can get to sort of march or april and just feel really downhearted by how behind you are so when you plan in 12 week chunks, you can be that little bit more realistic, you can kind of imagine what you can get done in that time scale a lot more um, effectively than you can over a 12 month time scale. So I always recommend uh, planning in 12 week chunks. But before you even get into the planning, I think it's really important to look back, look at what's gone well, what hasn't gone well, what you want to change in your business. And look at the areas of your business where there are gaps, because I think all of us kind of love one area of our business and maybe don't love another area of our business. And so we tend to naturally kind of get really strong in the area that we like working yeah. in. And then we might have this kind of big marketing gap or this big sort of finance gap or this gap where we're not making new new putting together new product ideas or whatever. So looking at where the gaps are. And really understanding where we can focus in our business that's going to be, again, the most impactful. And I encourage people to, you know, get down all of their project ideas. But at the end of this find your focus step, just come out with three focus areas for the next quarter. And again, this can be quite difficult for people because it's kind of letting go of different ideas and things. But when you're planning in 12 week chunks, you're just saying, this is what I'm going to focus on for the next 12 weeks. And then these other ideas, they're sort of on the back burner for now, but I can pick those up for the next 12 week plan. So it's just remembering that you're not saying, no, I'm never going to do those things. It's just they're waiting. They're on the waiting list. Um, And there (laughs) is a free workbook on my website called Find Your Focus, which walks you through this whole step of the planning process. Um, So you can get that when you sign up to my mailing list. But I think it's the most important part in a way, because you have to get really intentional and really clear on what you're focusing on before you can actually get into the planning. And then the planning step, you can't... Sorry, go on. Sorry. Now go on. <laughs> okay. And then, yes. And then you move on to the actual planning, which is what everyone wants to do. <laughs> but you have to do the sort of find your focus bit first. But you take these three projects that you want to work on, or maybe one of them's a routine. So maybe you want to get into a routine of creating consistent blog content or whatever. And you break down all of the steps you need to take to make those projects a reality. And This is really key because so many of us don't get started with projects because they feel really overwhelming and big and we just don't know where to start with it. And we feel like this is so huge, I'm never going to get it done. So it's really key to break down every single step that you're going to have to take to complete that project. 
And then essentially, in a nutshell, you plot it out over a 12 week period so that you can then just focus in on one week at a time and put your blinkers on. Don't look at the project as a whole, because that's when we kind of freak out because it looks so big. And just focus on the steps you've got each week in kind of safe in the knowledge that if you just get those things done each week, you you will kind of reach that end point that you're aiming for by the end of the 12 week period. And um, so at the end of that, obviously, that's a very kind of nutshell version. But at the end of that, you've got your 12 week plan. And then the third step of the planning process is to put things in place to keep you motivated and keep you going, which again, is pretty important. Yeah. because. You can get really excited about it once you've made your plan and think, oh, this is amazing. Look at all this stuff I'm going to do. And then you get kind of four or five weeks in and you're really struggling through a particular week. You need something there to help you. So the third step is all about figuring out how you're going to stay accountable to your plan, what support network you've got in place, who you can go to when you're feeling like you're, you know, we all have those moments when we feel like I'm failing and I'm not getting anywhere yeah so yeah that's the final step getting motivated putting all of that stuff in place so that you can sort of keep yourself going through the whole 12 weeks and um, something I work with people on at that stage is figuring out how they're motivated and for some people well for everyone I recommend putting a reward in place so that you have a reward to look forward to at the end of 12 weeks I love every reward (laughs) yeah yeah we were talking about this before weren't we how so I'm really motivated by the by the sticker basically so I have to kind of what I do a lot is I go on social media and I say hey guys I'm working on um, this video or I'm working on this ebook and it's going to be ready by Friday and at that point I'll probably like have the front cover of the ebook but I just need that (laughs) pressure to get on and make it a reality I do not understand these people who are like, oh, if I um, get these emails done this morning, I'm going to go and have a nice cup of tea and a biscuit. I'm just like, I'm going to have to go go and have the cup of tea and a biscuit now. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) I can't believe we are one of these people that is um, motivated by a reward. (laughs) I'm very reward motivated. I suppose in a way, Mm. sales is that in a sense where, you know, maybe that's just because that's what I've done in my career perhaps Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe it is uh, goes deeper than that but you know when when you get a new customer or you get a like you hit a target Mm. whether you are giving yourself a reward or you get a bonus of some kind it's kind of like I like a reward (laughs) yeah that's true but but they don't have to cost money for me like as yeah. you said, for me, it could be a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and a cake or a dog walk. Mm. You know, like once mm. I completed this task, I'm going to do this. Say if I'm going to do something mm. really boring, like if I have to do my accounts or something, you know, I will procrastinate and procrastinate. But if I instead say, oh, once you've done this, you're going to go and meet a friend for lunch and that's your reward, mm-hmm. then I will just get it done. Mm. Where, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it's how you stay accountable (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so I need um I need a bit more outside expectation I think to keep me keep me (laughs) accountable um or just to kind of stop me delaying stuff because otherwise I can just sort of push things back and push things back and I think um yeah if if anyone listening hasn't heard of it the Gretchen Rubin four tendencies um it's a free quiz online it's definitely worth checking out if you want to learn a bit more about how you're motivated because um so I'm a questioner in Gretchen Rubin's motivational tendencies so if I said to myself 
right, when I've finished updating my finances, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go and meet a friend for coffee. My questioner side of my brain would just be like, well, I'm a fully grown adult. I can just do that whenever I want. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's really interesting how different, like we're all so different and it is all about figuring out how you can work with your own strengths and work with your own you know the ways that you're motivated because we're all yeah we're all a little bit different as our kind of examples illustrate we're kind of like chalk and cheese aren't we (laughs) yeah but I think that the same reward say we said set a time for a lunch we Mm. can both use that I can use it as like do this and your reward is a nice lunch you can tell Mm -hmm. you could have told me by the time I see you, I'm going to have completed this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it could have worked example. both ways. <laughs> yeah. That's a um, really good example. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so wholesale is obviously one mm-hmm. of those things that mm-hmm. is uncomfortable in the beginning to some. It seems like a huge project. And it, there is mm-hmm. a lot of information out there. There's a lot of overwhelm. And it's easy mm. to move it to the bottom of your to-do list. Mm. So, you know, I think when you are going to start wholesaling, it is really good to see it as a project. And you can mm-hmm. easily use your t- your kind of 12-week plan for, yeah. for something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. how, how do you think having a plan for something like that can help you? kind of step Mm. outside your comfort zone and achieve it yeah I know that there are a few people that have come to my workshops who have used my 12-week plan to uh, work on getting more retailers on board or or to start wholesaling in their business so yeah it's definitely been used for that and uh, I think it just helps to keep you focused and stop you getting distracted by those shiny ideas so particularly when you're doing something that's outside of your comfort zone or it feels like quite a big project it's very easy to get distracted by more exciting ideas like actually I'm going to design a new project a new um, product instead because that's more fun so I think having a plan really helps keep you focused and with wholesale that can feel like quite a big overwhelming project it helps to break down those steps that it takes to so I don't know when you break down those steps to start kind of looking for more retailers to work with more retailers or to get into wholesale you can break down those steps around right I'm going to start by shortlisting the retailers that I want to get in touch with and then I'm going to create a template email that I can use to reach out to these retailers and then I'm going to spend a day you know writing those emails and making them personalized to each retailer and finding the right email addresses and things and then I'm going to you know, this probably isn't the wrong, the right order, Therese, but, and then I'm going to no, update my catalog. Well. And, <laughs> so yeah, it helps you break down all of those steps and just look at it as a week at a time, because you highlighted a couple of things there that are the key reasons why people don't get started on these big projects. And it's because A, yeah. it feels big and it's a bit overwhelming. And where do you even start? And the big one is when it's outside of your comfort zone, because you're already sort of working against this fear that you've got going in, in on in your head. I, I guess with reset, with wholesale, 
there's this whole, am I going to get rejected? It's that fear of rejection. And, you know, we're human beings. We don't like rejection. We want to avoid that kind of thing. So when you are working with something that feels outside of your comfort zone, it is so important to break down all of the steps and make them as small as possible and as approachable as possible so that you can keep working towards your big goal without feeling like it's this big, overwhelming thing and you're never really going to get there. And you're, you're kind of your self-doubt screaming at you to to not send that email because it's terrifying. So yes, I think it's all about breaking it down when it comes to to wholesale and um and also like we said before, it's about finding the right accountability and support because when something is outside of your comfort zone, you are going to need those people there who you can go to to say yeah. oh, I'm really terrified about sending this email or I'm feeling a bit down because I haven't had the amount of responses that I was expecting. So yeah, when you do go through that, that process of creating a 12 week plan to work on your wholesale, the accountability and support bit is really essential as well, because maybe you need to work with um, a mentor or a coach who can help you work through your plan, or maybe you need to be um, set up an accountability partnership with someone you know, who is also wanting to get into wholesale in their business. So yeah, I think planning to work on wholesale is a brilliant idea because it's it's a big project, it's outside of your comfort zone, and it's not the easiest thing you're going to do in your business. So you need some kind of structure there to help you make it happen. Yeah, I I think that it's something I see so much. I'm sure you see it too with working with so many creatives is that mm. if you don't have that plan, your catalogue, what you're going to be presenting to your potential stock is is never finished because it is so much mm-hmm. more fun to keep adding new products <laughs> yeah, yeah. than yeah. to actually send emails out to retailers say you think oh well if I only do this project too like if I don't just finish this product and I'll add that in mm-hmm. then I'll yeah. get started with contacting retailers and then oh yeah. but that design could go on this product too and they could be mm-hmm. this and oh it could be a whole collection so I, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. have to stop and I you know do that before before I start contacting retailers so yeah. I think having some sort of plan for that is so important mm. and that happens in all areas of business you know it's really common to see people who are thinking about launching a new side hustle or a new business and they think right I'm gonna get the branding nailed first and then they get the branding done they're like oh I could launch but actually I need to get the website perfect first and then they say right the website's pretty good but And it's all just about staying in your comfort zone and it's letting your self-doubt, the inner critic, whatever you want to call it, it's letting your fear take the reins in your business rather than you taking the steering wheel. And if you can be conscious of what's going on, you have a much better chance of overcoming that fear and working with it and understanding what it's trying to do. Because it's just that sort of primal part of your brain trying to keep you safe. That's what it's evolved to do. Mm. So if you can be conscious of what's going on, you can really question it and you can really say, I understand that, you know, rejection is not a great thing. You know, historically, if I was kind of in this tribe and I was rejected by the tribe, that would not be good for my survival. But in the case of wholesale, (laughs) it's not going to be the end of the world. It might hurt a little bit, but it's not going to affect my chance of survival. So 
with wholesale in particular, of course, sorry, go on. No, no, I was just saying, you know, with wholesale, it's not so much that you will be rejected that many times. You will be rejected. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm. but not in a way where it always feels like such a rejection. Sometimes it's simply, we're not a good fit for each other. Or Mm. I stock another maker that makes something similar and I want to be Mm -hmm. loyal to them. That doesn't feel that icky and it doesn't actually feel as bad as you thought it would. Yeah. I mean, so so, so we're very scared of people critiquing or saying, Mm -hmm. not wanting us, I guess, or our product, which is almost the same thing. But actually... it's not always that's only such a tiny bit of it because it has to be about mm-hmm. timing and budget and what else mm-hmm. they stock and how it will merchandise and all these mm-hmm. things that actually yeah. doesn't is not a rejection of you and your products really yeah yeah and it's it's interesting because we can so often assume it's about us and our products but you know, it's probably more than likely about the other person at the other end of this conversation with all of those reasons like you've just described. You know, maybe it's not the right time of year. There's a clash with whoever else they stock. So, um, it, yeah, it's good to be conscious of that stuff as well, is that it's not necessarily all about you. Don't take it personally. Um, mm. Think about what could be going on for the the, the retailer you're, you're working with. But this is something as well that comes up all the time with when I speak to people about pitching and pitching to, I don't know, appear on other people's podcasts or other people's blogs or whatever, is that they kind of, a, and I guess this is still that primal part of our brain trying to do whatever it has to do to stop us from putting ourselves out there and potentially putting ourselves into a position where there's a threat or we're going to feel uncomfortable but we kind of think oh people are people are going to come back to us and say they hate our work and it's rubbish and why would I want to work with you you know our brains kind of give (laughs) us these horrible ideas of what's going to happen when in reality the worst case scenario is likely either we don't get a response or we get a response along the lines of what you just described with examples of you know I stock someone else very similar or unfortunately the budgets aren't allowing at the moment or you know things like that but yeah yeah and this is why it's so important to take action and to just and I know this is easier said than done but is to take action and to get those pictures out there because the more you do it the more you will get comfortable with it and the more you'll realize that the responses you're going to get aren't necessarily as bad as you think. And what I often find with people when they start pitching, they say, oh, but I sent three pitches and now they've all come back and they all want me to do something for them. And it's always more positive than they think it's going to be. But yeah, I think that's a big one with wholesale as well, is that fear of rejection. And yeah, but I think, as I said, if you can be conscious of what's going on, what's kind of psychologically going on in your brain, what your brain's trying to do, you can then start to work with it and challenge it and kind of think, yeah, I know that why this is scary but the reality is the threat isn't as big as my brain is telling me it is right now and I'm gonna be brave and something people quite often do is set a timer for like five minutes or something they get the email already and then they will set a timer for five minutes and just say right I can be brave for five minutes or even one minute I can be brave for a minute and just hit send on that email because that fear is we don't feel emotions for a long time it's like I think an emotion has like a 90 second time limit so you might feel really scared for 90 seconds and then you hit send on that email and then it's sort of 
it's sort of gone. And yeah, you might get other feelings come up after that, like, oh God, what are they going to say and whatever. But you can be brave for a minute and just send that email and get it out there. And I think I always say, I think planning uh, kind of in combination with, you know, having the gaining the knowledge on how to do something, mm-hmm. it's such a powerful thing because I, th- I really think if you have the knowledge that you are your email is as good as it can be or your Mm -hmm. catalog is as good as it can be it gives so much Mm -hmm. more confidence and then combining that with planning and seeing it as a project wholesale will Mm. at one stage have to if you want to continue growing it it will have to become a routine task for you to reach out to retailers and deal with your retailers interact with them but Mm -hmm. for those first few like whether you do it mm-hmm. over 12 weeks or you do it maybe you'd say first project of 12 weeks is getting ready and yeah. next say uh, three uh, 12 weeks is you know start contacting people yeah. like however long time frame you do it over I think like having it making that commitment to yourself and your business and mm. making it a project that you are going to focus on mm. and then make set routine tasks later maybe mm, yeah absolutely and I like what you said about breaking down the project so particularly if someone is juggling maybe they are a parent and they have young kids and or you have a nine-to-five and you think it's just not realistic for me to complete this whole wholesale project in 12 weeks yeah break it down make the first 12 weeks about going to get everything ready, going to get my catalogue sorted, I'm going to get the emails drafted. And then the next 12 weeks is all about the communication and getting in touch with people and following up and, uh, you know, fulfilling any orders that come in and that sort of thing. I like what you're saying there. But And also, you mentioned how you've got this project initially, and then it turns into a routine. And this is so when people make a 12 week plan, their focus areas or their goals will be either a project or a routine but even having a 12-week plan for just to keep you on track with a routine can work really well so it might be that you have a goal of I want to contact you know one wholesaler every week or if you are already set up with your wholesale accounts maybe it's every month you get in touch with them and just see how things are going. And then the next week you make sure that you're, you know, I don't know, check in on your wholesale orders, check in with your suppliers and see if they've got enough stock. And you can create a routine in your 12-week plan as well. Yeah. And I guess that's how you avoid the overwhelm of having too many tasks as well. Yeah. Yeah, because it's still a case of breaking it down into into steps yeah so how do you avoid procrastination <laughs> yeah I'm a this queen is a big question procrastinating <laughs> yeah I think we all are a little bit yeah it's funny how cleaning can suddenly become a high priority isn't it when you've got something <laughs> to do on your to-do list that you don't really enjoy yeah <laughs> Um, I think we're all familiar with that one. And for me, it's reaching for my phone and scrolling through Instagram that's the real culprit. (laughs) And I find myself on there. I'm like, what did I even pick up my phone to do? And how the hell am I now like Mm. 10 videos deep in, I don't know, watching (laughs) like puppies fall, I don't know, like fall into cardboard boxes or something. How did I get here? (laughs) So (laughs) we all do it. (laughs) I think procrastination is again this is kind of like learning about the psychology of it first because a lot of us tell ourselves oh I'm just lazy or 
I'm just easily distracted, but there is something going on behind your procrastination. There's sort of, it's a very clever curtain that covers up what's really going on, I think. It might be that you don't want to send those pitch emails because you're terrified of the kind of responses you get. It might be that the next thing on your to-do list feels really big and overwhelming, so you'd rather kind of clean the bathroom instead. It might be that you kind of have got that fear of failure or it's too overwhelming or maybe it's the first time you've done something and you're not every step feels like hard work because you have to figure out how everything works so often with procrastination there's a reason why you're doing something else instead of getting on with the task that you are supposed to be doing and also it could be just a fact that it's a task you find really boring so I know for a fact I'm procrastinating over updating my finances at the moment because I know it's not difficult I know how to do it it's just really boring so (laughs) there can be all sorts of reasons going on as to why you're procrastinating but first of all understand why you're procrastinating because then again it's so much easier to to kind of work with it and challenge it if you understand what's going on so yeah first of all understand what's going on there and then the classic one I mean often it is our phones that distract us so with your phone things you can do turn off all of your notifications put it on silent those are like the absolute basics but what I do is just put my phone like at the other end of the house put it downstairs and then I can't be bothered to go and get it when I look around for a distraction annoyingly my (laughs) my Labrador what I do now if I'm sat um sometimes I work on the sofa I'll throw it at the other sofa so I can't physically reach it and now my Labrador goes and gets it and brings it back to me so I failed there on that one it's quite sweet, but then I'm like, oh, he's this really- trying to be helpful. I know, <laughs> bless him. Um, so yeah, that didn't really. Don't train your dog to bring your phone back. That's all I'm going to say. But yeah, <laughs> put your phone out of reach because I don't know about you, but for me, that's a big one. Is just reaching for my phone, and it's it's not even conscious. I do. It's like muscle memory, and then no. ten minutes later, I'm like, how? What? What was I doing? <laughs> um so yeah, yeah the it, phone is been mm. yeah I I have that issue even like you know at random places like if you're in a queue somewhere it you didn't yeah. used to be that you would have to be on your phone but now we all reach for our phones yeah it's, it's a weird habit <laughs> yeah it is and I suppose it's it's okay so what I'm working on maybe it's just a bit difficult because it's the first time I've done this it's the first time I've contacted a retailer about wholesaling so the instant gratification I can get from looking at Instagram and seeing how many of those little hearts pop up like that's going to reward your brain a lot quicker than sending that email is going to reward your brain so uh, and yeah. it, you know like social media is just literally is created to be addictive like there's a reason why we're always reaching for it so yeah it's sneaky like that so what I do is put it at the other end of the house so I can't be bothered to go and get it um but some things that work for other people is to set a timer so like the pomodoro technique so set a timer for 30 minutes 40 minutes whatever and say right I'm just going to do this task for 40 minutes it works really well for a lot of people and again this is where figuring out what works for you is really important because I personally hate it because I just feel really anxious I'm like oh my god I've got 40 minutes now I've got 39 oh my god I'm just not and it, it I hate it but for some people it works really well but also if you just want to get on with a task 
if the cleaning or the washing or the washing up is distracting you, take yourself to a cafe, take your laptop to the library, to a co-working space, take yourself somewhere where you don't have those distractions at home. This works for me quite well if I'm writing a blog post because that's something where I do tend to procrastinate because I don't find writing particularly easy. And actually, I've started doing a lot more video now because of that. But Again, I would always be procrastinating when I was writing because I don't find it particularly easy or enjoyable. So if I took myself to a cafe, yeah, I'd have much more chance of just getting on with it because I I didn't have any other distractions. And um, the other th- the other one that works quite well for me is working on a train. So if I have a train journey or something, because there's barely any Wi-Fi, the phone signals kind of in and out. You know, you kind of you can't even go and I don't know, go and do some online shopping. You kind of yeah, I have to get on with that bit of writing. <laughs> well, th- that's good. I I get way too motion sick on trains, so do I you? That's interesting. Proca- not procrastinating, but like I can read for a bit, and yeah. then I generally just have a nap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but you know, whatever. I do like the fact that you know that's maybe what something I need to do when I need to write a blog post is to leave mm. the house because yeah, I do get easily distracted. When yeah. I need to do something, I, I'm probably the same as you when it comes to writing. It's not something that I find terribly easy, or yeah, I can enjoy it once I get into it, but mm. it's not like my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, but it just has to be yeah. done sometimes. Yeah, and it really is. It's figuring out what works for you because I was speaking to some people who came to a workshop the other day, and I was like, "So, hang on, when you write a blog post, are you like enjoying it? Do you look forward to it?" And they were like, yeah, yeah, no, it's my favorite thing to do. And I was just kind of, right, this is, yeah. And it was just like mind blown. How could you enjoy, actually enjoy writing a blog post? That was when I got serious about doing more video. But um, it's figuring out when you procrastinate. Um, but yeah, if it is writing blog posts, yeah. you can also bulk together like three or four or I don't know, just a couple. And even if it's just getting the bullet points down for the structure, that can be quite helpful as well. If you just take yourself to a cafe just to get the structure down, because then sometimes when you've got a starting point, it's a lot easier to to finish off. Yeah. Yeah, I do find if I've done the bullet points, I find Mm. I can do it quite quickly and easily and I don't procrastinate so much. It's just like blank page, not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, I always have an idea of what I want to write, you know, that's mm. not the issue. It's just like that start getting started. Yeah, I always find the the kind of like introduction paragraph and the end paragraph so difficult. I'm like, well, how do I close it off? Or how do I, I don't know, some people are mm. so good at making something into a like a story that leads really cleverly into their point and what they want to talk about. I just, I don't have that skill. <laughs> uh, me neither. <laughs> me neither. I, I'm much better, you know, talking to people. Mm, yeah. And yeah. That sort of thing. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's what what's great. You know, some people are great at some things mm. and some people are not so good, you know, find mm. other things a challenge. Yeah, I mean, it would definitely. be quite boring if we were all the same. Yeah, And I think, you know, going back to having an accountability partner, you're, that doesn't have to be someone that is exactly motivated the same way as you. It's just mm. someone else in business. Like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, who gets it? Is also running a business. Yeah, I think so. And also, they don't even need to be in the same kind of business as you. It could even be someone with a service-based business. But it's just someone who is maybe at a similar stage to you who really gets what you're going through because we're so much better at seeing the wins to celebrate in each other and the strengths in each other than we are in seeing them in ourselves. So sometimes it just takes someone else to say, yeah, okay, you haven't heard back from that particular retailer yet, but look at all this amazing stuff you've done. You've got this incredible catalogue that you've finished. You've done this, this and this. So yeah, I'm really, I'm a big fan of finding an accountability partner or working with someone who can, yeah, highlight all of that stuff and kind of, yeah, get you feeling a bit more motivated and a bit more positive if you are struggling. Yeah, absolutely. And so you have just launched your Nurture and Thrive, is that Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about this. Sure. So over the course of this year, I've been, well, doing all sorts of things, but what I've been doing is running workshops. And this is what really led to Nurture and Thrive. Because what I've realized from working with people, particularly people who are either side hustling or just about to leave their nine to five or have just left their nine to five in those kind of early stages are really overwhelmed. There's so much information out there. We're not struggling for information anymore about how to build a business. There's almost too much noise now. What we're struggling with is actually making it happen. And we're struggling for the support and the accountability we need to make it happen. So it's a community that is based all around supporting one another, holding each other accountable, helping people get inspired. So we have people who have grown businesses come into the group and just tell us the story of how they grew their business to show that, you know, they've worked through challenges too. And, you know, the path they took to creating their business and growing their business to help people get inspired. It's not about having a new mastermind every month about how to use Pinterest and then how to set up your mailing list and how to do this and that because <laughs> the people that are in this group already have enough on their plate they're not struggling for stuff to do they need some support in making it happen so yeah it's a really really lovely community of people who yeah and it's amazing like I was saying earlier it's amazing how when you get a group of people well there are women a group of women together how supportive that environment is and how people can see yeah. the, the strength and the wins to celebrate in each other so much better than we can see them in ourselves. So, yeah, I'm loving it so much. It's just a really supportive place where, you know, we hold each other accountable, we cheer each other on, and it's all about, yeah, making stuff happen and getting the support and accountability and the inspiration that you need rather than adding more stuff to people's to-do lists. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. That's brilliant. And are you going to, like, is that going to be in, like, enrollment period? How do you, does that work? Is it open yeah. for enrollment now? It, the doors are going to open around the new year. So probably around the first well, maybe the last week in December, first week in January, and then it's going to open up each quarter because I want the group to kind of really just get to know each other and yeah, become quite a a solid group of people who all kind of know what's going on in each other's businesses and things like that. So there's going to be kind of an open and closed doors each quarter. So so yeah, that's the plan. And then we have meetups as well. I'm really looking forward to the meetups so that we can actually meet each other in person. So yeah, the idea is to 
really Make get to know such each other. A difference. Yeah, form a real community, and um, yeah, so new. Uh, there'll be a new kind of in influx of people every quarter, and then we can all kind of get to know each other again and do all our introdu- introductions and things. So yeah, that's that's the plan. That sounds so exciting. Mm. Um, so I ask all my guests to share a business or a brand mm. it could be a brand a maker a retailer someone mm-hmm. that you admire and that you feel that is doing something that you're connecting with at the moment sure so yeah this was tricky when you when you emailed me saying by the way I'm going to ask you this question <laughs> like oh one person that's so mean um there are so many amazing small businesses out there I could talk about but the one that jumps to mind for me today is Kylie's Paper Cuts because she has recently come into my Nurture and Thrive community and done an inspiration session and told us the story of how she grew her business. But the thing I love about what she does is she is just really herself. She is not trying to pretend to be anything else. She just really uses her own personality to grow her business. And that's what people connect with. I If I see her stories pop up on my Instagram, I'm like, I will go straight to her stories because I know they're going to be hilarious. I know they're going to be entertaining. And she's just herself. She's found her own way of growing her business. And that I really admire because I think that's the reality. As we've mentioned a few times on this podcast episode, we are all so different. We're all motivated by different things. We find you know some people love writing some people hate it so you've got to figure out your own way Mm. of growing your business you've got to find your own way that fits with your strengths and what brings you joy because you know there's also so much out there around these five steps will grow your business in 10 days or whatever but you do really have to figure out your own way of doing things and yeah of course that takes time and it takes experimentation but I think Kylie is a really good example of someone who's done that and um yeah if you're not following her on instagram she her story's brilliant so go and follow her <laughs> i'm gonna put uh, her, the link to her instagram and mm. website in the show notes and yours of course so, <laughs> so with that would you share how people can find you and connect with you sure i mainly hang out on instagram as a lot of us do so over there i'm at josephine p brooks so yeah come and see me over there my website is josephinebrooks.co.uk and on there you can sign up to my mailing list and get your hands on that uh, find your focus workbook if you wanted to work through that um but that's where my, my blog is and lots of videos and stuff like that and then i have a podcast called make a plan make it happen which you can find in any kind of podcast app or spotify or yeah wherever you find podcasts and those are the main those are the main places to find me that's great i'm gonna put that in the show notes and so you can find it really easily and thank you so much for joining me again (laughs) and having this conversation all over again (laughs) (laughs) no it's been nice i think we've talked about some slightly different stuff this time haven't we because we were saying at the beginning it feels yeah, weird yeah. when you're kind of having a conversation again that you've kind of already had so no it was, it was nice we covered some different yeah. stuff this time. So, no, it's been lovely to chat yeah thank you so much for taking the time and um, yeah I hope you have a really good day thank you, thank you Therese Thank you so much, Josephine, for chatting with me. And thank you, especially since we had to record it twice for it to actually stick and bearing with my technical difficulties. 
So thank you so much for that. And I think that you parted with so much wisdom and shared so generously. So thank you very much. And thank you to all of those of you who are tuning in. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would love your help by popping over to iTunes to review this podcast or leave a rating. It really makes a huge difference to a small business like mine and I really, really appreciate it. Next week, I am back where I will be talking to a brilliant stationery brand and I really look forward to sharing that episode with you. I hope you have a great start to January and I look forward to seeing you next week.